I'll have you take your Bibles and let's turn to Acts chapter number 27 this morning. Acts chapter number 27. And I will mention again, like I did last Sunday night, the reason I'm not wearing a tie is because I have a neck injury. Okay, I was in an automobile accident uh, when we were in Oklahoma City. And uh, putting pressure, putting a tie on uh, kind of aggravates that situation. And so until my treatment is over, you probably won't see me in a tie up here on Sunday or Wednesday. Uh, feels weird. Okay, I'm used to having one. And uh, I don't like it. I, I, like, I, like to be, I like to be dressed whenever I come up here. But I feel like I'm a little, little bit on the undressed side this morning. Acts chapter 27, and I want us to begin reading here with verse number 9. And let me tell you, in our text here, Paul was traveling with Luke and Aristarchus to Rome. He's under arrest, and uh, he is going to appeal his case to the Roman Caesar. He's already stood before uh, Felix and Festus and uh, King Agrippa, and none of them could resolve his case for him, so he has appealed his case to Rome, and so they are in the process of transferring him and other prisoners uh, to Rome. And uh, they landed at a place called the Fair Havens here, and the centurion, who was in charge of uh, delivering these uh, prisoners over, was trying to decide if they should continue there at the Fair Havens, because the sailing was dangerous at this time of the year. And we'll see that God revealed to Paul that if they continued the trip, it would be disastrous, but the centurion would not listen. Okay, And so I, this morning I want us to see some lessons from a storm. We just went through a storm this past week, and I'm sure there's some lessons that folks have learned. If you were tuning in to some of the hurricane coverage, especially the post-hurricane coverage, you saw probably saw some folks who stayed and went through the storm and wished they had not stayed. They said, I won't do that again. Well, they won't do it until the next time. And uh, if, they, if their memory serves them the correct, they won't go through it again. But uh, they, they went through it and uh, wished they had not. And we're going to take a look at some things here about this storm. Look at... Uh, Acts 27, verse number 9 says, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous. In other words, they spent a long time there, and uh, they're, they're kind of getting antsy. But, uh, but it, it was not the good time of year to be traveling by sea here. When the, much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. That's a key verse right there. He believed the master and owner of the ship more than the things which were spoken by the Apostle Paul here. Verse 12, And because the haven was not commodious to enter in, the more part advised to depart thence also. In other words, they had a vote. 
who's all in favor of us going on from here? And uh, the majority said, let's, let's leave this place. This is, a, this is a bad place to have to spend the winter in. And so they decided that they were going to, to uh, they wanted to go ahead and, and go by this sea travel. He says there in the middle of verse 12, If by any means they might attain to Phoenice and, and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. In other words, they took a, a day that everything looked okay. It was calm. And said, so, hmm, this looks like a good day to sail. And so they set sail and and thought, well, you know, we're we you know, this is this is good. We're gonna we're gonna make it. Look at verse 14. But not long, not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euclidon. Uh, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a, a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, uh, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strike sail, and, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day... We cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Now this is Luke writing this. Luke is on this journey too. And he's just telling you what it was from a first-hand experience of being there with the Apostle Paul and the view that folks would have had from the ship is, this is it, buddy. <laughs> this is going to be the end. This is how we're going to end. Uh, verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me. In other words, you should have listened. <laughs> I tried to tell you, you should have listened. And he says, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. And some of them are probably looking at, uh, looking at the Apostle Paul at this, uh, this time like he's crazy. I mean, they thought he was crazy to begin with, you know, trying to keep them from going uh, and leaving where they were. And now he's saying, uh, be of good cheer. Verse 22 said, For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. Um, as it was told me, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. And we'll, we'll leave off reading there. I want to give you some practical applications uh, from a bad storm. Amen. This is a bad storm they went through. Let me give you some, 
uh, some uh, practical applications here. Later events in this chapter reveal a great shipwreck that they had. And, uh, but the basic reason for this shipwreck lay in the decision to sail on from the fair havens. Now understand that as believers, number one, all believers are on a journey. We are all on a journey through this life. We sail on the sea of life between time and eternity. James chapter number 4, verse number 14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. The folks that just came through the storm that passed through the area, along with those of us that are sitting in here this morning, none of us knew what that storm was going to do in our area, did we? You know, we didn't know if it was going to come our way. You know, we kind of had, a, a, they, they give you the cone of concern and show, show you uh, where they think it's going to go, but a lot of times you realize that they don't have a clue. I mean, the initial cone of concern, thing it literally lay right outside of that initial cone of concern. And, you know, it went, I wound up going outside of the coast there. And, uh, uh, but the folks in the, the middle part and southern part of our state took a, took a great hit. But as believers, you know, we're on a journey, but we don't know what tomorrow holds, do we? None of us do. Even though we're saved, we're on, on our way to heaven, uh, we don't know that if today might not be the last day of our life. It could be. Uh, and so uh, we are to uh, realize that uh, this journey could be over at any time for us. Now, another thing I want us to see here is as believers, we will experience some storms. You know, we uh, sometimes think that, well, the Lord's going to keep the storm from coming in our area. Well, the Lord will keep us through the storm, but sometimes, you know, the, the Lord allows storms to come our way, doesn't He? He just really does. Uh Believers are not exempt from trials and tribulations in this life. In fact, we find this in the Apostle Paul's life. Hold your place there in Acts 27. And look with me, please, at 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. That's the, uh, there's two chapters over from where you're at here. Three, um, three chapters over, excuse me. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. And we see some things that happen in, in the life of the Apostle Paul after his salvation. And he's talking about uh, this as, as a believer. And verse number, let's pick up in verse number 23. And uh, he's talking about the Hebrews or Israelites. Are, are they ministers of Christ? He says, I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Uh, and he, he would probably would tell you those are some storms in, in life that he would have rather not go through. You know, I don't know anybody wants to get beat. I don't know anybody wants to be in prison. Uh, verse 24, of the, of, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, say one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often. And perils of waters, and perils of robbers, and perils of my own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, 
and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, in weariness, and painfulness, and watchings often, and hunger, and thirst, and fastings often, and cold and nakedness. Besides those things which are without, that, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, uh, who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. We look at the Apostle Paul's life as, a, as an apostle, as a believer, and we say, man, I, I hope that the Lord don't have that for me to go through. Amen. We, we wouldn't want uh, to, to have that in our life, but we need to realize that it might be what the Lord has in store for us. Um, Jesus told his disciples... In John 16, 33, he says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. He said, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Aren't you glad Jesus overcame? He is our example. And uh, he, he uh, sometimes when uh, the life brings uh, us some difficult circumstances, he carries us through those times. And I understand that some storms are caused by ourselves. A good example of that is in the Old Testament, the prophet Jonah. Remember his disobedience to the Word of God? As he was told to go and preach to Nineveh, uh, and uh, he was given a message, and was given a direction to go, and he said, yeah, I think I'm going to go the opposite direction. And he went down to, uh, put on, got himself on a ship, went down to Tarsus Way, and while he was on that ship, his disobedience to the Word of God brought him and others with him, you understand he put in, in peril the lives of those sailors that were on that, that ship. And uh, it, it, the Lord brought a great storm there in their life uh, because the Lord was not very happy with uh, the prophet Jonah having decided he was not going to carry out God's word there in Nineveh. He changed his mind after spending three days in the belly of a whale and getting vomited out on the land, he decided he better go this time. And he, and he did. But understand that some storms are caused by ourselves. Understand that some storms are beyond our control. We know that circumstances of life affect all of mankind. Um, Matthew 5 verse 45 says, That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, that, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. And can I just uh, tell you, you know, the storms come on the just and the unjust too as well. Some storms may result in a shipwreck. Uh, uh, any of us can make a mess out of our lives through poor choices or decisions, can't we? You know, but some of us may have made some decisions in time past that shipwrecked an area of our lives that we wish we could go back and, and do over again. But uh, we, there, there are no do-overs, really. And what we can do is we can start making the right decisions and move forward with the Lord in our life. Others may bring shipwreck uh, into our lives by their poor choices or decisions. I know there are some that are probably in here this morning that you've gone through a um, a broken family, you know, and I understand the hurt that comes through such a thing as that. But I, you, you're 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 in the position, got in the position where you are, maybe through no fault of your own, but somebody else made a a, a poor decision, a poor choice, and there there you there you find yourself 
uh, in a broken, broken relationship. Now, there can be times when the words of verse 20 here in our text uh, may seem quite appropriate. There in verse 20, where um, it says, When neither sun nor stars uh, in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, this, this, this right here, okay? All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Sometimes it looks like there's no way out, doesn't it? No hope and no way out or through, no way through the things that come our way. But you know, that's not true for the life of a believer. God will make a way for us through the things that come in our life if we'll look to Him for the, to help us through those things. And that brings me to my second point here. God can deliver us through desperate situations. We see that this shipwreck, and it did, the ship did wreck, it happened because of a wrong decision. If the captain had not sailed, uh, it all may have been well. They wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have faced this shipwreck. But we should never forget, and this is an important verse that I remind myself anytime that we see a, a tropical storm or a tornado coming, you need to, to think about Nahum 1.3. The book of Nahum, chapter number 1, and verse 3 in the Old Testament says, The, the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. You know, God has a purpose for the storms. God had a purpose for this hurricane moving through uh, South Florida. Now, I'm glad we were spared, but uh, as I looked at some of the things uh, coming out of South Florida, those that were going through, many of them were just as our missionaries in Puerto Rico, the Spear family, they, they looked at the opportunity they, that the other storm got the, the ones in Puerto Rico. Uh, and they looked at it as an opportunity to minister. It's an opportunity for the Lord to work in the hearts of those that doesn't know Jesus Christ. I see some of the same things coming out of Fort, Fort Myers and some of the other areas there. Some of these churches are seeing this as an opportunity to, to reach the souls of those who don't know Christ. And who knows why the Lord uh, allows uh, us to go through some desperate situations sometimes. He, he hath His way, though, in the, in the whirlwind and in the storm. And we may not like that, personally, but that's God. And God can do what He wants to do. Amen. We see that there are five reasons why the wrong decision was made here. And I believe that this is an invaluable lesson for us if we're going to avoid shipwrecks in our life as well. First of all, we see in our text, look at uh, uh, Acts 27, verse number 9, the first part of the verse says, Now when much time was spent. <laughs> when much time was spent. Uh, I, this was a decision that was based upon fleshly compulsion. Uh, the centurion we could say had itchy feet. He's ready to go. You ever been somewhere and you're like, man, it's time to go. I, I got to go. And so that's where he was at, you know, with this decision that he made. And that, uh, he didn't like sitting around. Many times we make snap decisions uh, or fail to pray and wait upon the Lord. I mean, that's what should have been happening there. But the centurion probably did not know the Lord at all. But the Apostle Paul, the, he had some direction there. The Lord to give him some direction. 
And, you know, there's been many a shipwrecked life because of the folks failing to pray and failing to wait upon the Lord. Psalm 27 and verse 14 tells us, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We need to learn to wait on the Lord. We need to pray while we're waiting. Amen? So a decision based upon fleshly compulsion compulsion here is one reason why a wrong decision was made. Secondly, we see a decision was based upon consultation at the expense of revelation. In other words, they they decided they were going to talk among themselves about whether to do this rather than uh, listen to the man of God. <laughs> man of God had the right message for them. Look at verse number 11. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And I don't know what this owner had said. Maybe he said, well, but this has been a good ship. It's been through storms before. There ain't no problem with this ship. This ship can make it. You know, uh, because he's probably uh, getting money for them using his ship to get these prisoners to Rome. And he's, he's not wanting to lose that money, right? So he was driven by, driven by money. And so uh, they, we see that they, they consulted him rather than listen to the man of God. Here in our text, we see the rejection of spiritual godly advice in favor, favor of secular worldly advice. Now, seeking and taking advice from others is fine so long as that advice and counsel is in harmony with the Word of God. Amen? Uh, in this case, it wasn't. Uh, we see a third thing here. Look down at verse number 12. We see a decision based upon personal comfort. That's what it boiled down to, personal comfort. And because the haven was not commodious, twin her in. It it wasn't a nice place where they were at. Um, They decided many, you know, they decided that they wanted to go a place to a place that was more comfortable. Many people seek the easy way, the commodious path. Sometimes the right way is the hard way, and uh, we see uh, they were more interested in their personal comfort than they were in doing the right thing. We see a decision based upon consensus. Look at verse twelve again. Is that, and because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part, in other words, the, the majority, advised to depart thence also. Now, these people took a vote, and Paul was outvoted. <laughs> the, the majority is not always right. And we can see that in our country, can't we? Um, we see it in the Word of God back in Numbers chapter 13 and, and 14 when uh, um, the spies came back from spying out the land, uh, uh, the promised land. Remember there were ten spies that said, man, we can't do this. Uh, you know, they're, they're bigger than we are. To make us look like grasshoppers, there's no way in the world we're going to do that. And Joshua and Caleb said, hey, not a problem. God said that he would be with us. He said it's ours. All we got to do is just go in and possess the land. And so they got outvoted. And we know the result of that is that uh, those that sided with the, the, the ten spies wound up with the carcasses dropping in the wilderness. And their children went in to possess the land 40 years later. Now, uh, Matthew 7 verse 13 talks about also that uh, the majority is wrong in the matter of uh, uh, how to get to heaven. 
in Matthew 7, 13 says, Enter ye in at the straight gates, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. In other words, there's a lot of different opinions about out there about how folks get to heaven. Many roads. You could think of a uh, a, a multi-laned highway, and there's a there's a multi-lane highway headed to destruction. Uh, there's a narrow way that's headed to heaven, and that narrow way is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The, and uh, the, the majority is, is not not right, or not always right. And that's why you know when we make decisions, uh, we 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 voted a little while ago to help these folks who are in the storm. But we appreciated that with prayer and, uh, and taking a look at things and understanding what God would have us to do. Um, uh, church decisions need to be preceded and accompanied by prayer. Um, a decision, we see here verse 13. Look at verse 13. Another reason why uh, here is a decision. This was a decision based upon circumstances. Verse 13, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. I was telling my wife, can you imagine people before we got the, the uh, technology that we have today and can see storms coming from a long way away and got a lot of, lot of notice that it could possibly come our way. Think about the first inclination, the first indication that you have of a storm is the clouds coming on the horizon and all of a sudden you are in the midst of a category four or five. This was just one mile per hour from being a five when I understand. Storm. Can you imagine? Uh, uh, Because of circumstances the day before, everything was calm. In fact, it was uh, almost eerily calm here. I don't know about how it was at your house, but it's almost eerie about how calm it was. It's dangerous to assume that good circumstances are always a sign of God's will. Circumstances should be taken into account when making a decision, but should never be the sole basis for making a decision. I mean, we ought to look at the circumstances, but uh, we need to trust God uh, more than that. Now, in verse 21 through 26, we find the great message of hope in the midst of the storm. First, we have uh, Paul's assessment of the situation in verse number 21. It says, But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Paul's assessment was, you know, um, you know, you should listen. And yeah, there's a lot of time we get on that that end of the decision making process, and we we understand. Uh, well, you know, I should have listened to what I was told, but I didn't, and now I'm in a heap of trouble. We notice Paul was the one man who didn't lose control, even though a bad decision was made by others which affected him. Where was his faith at? His faith was still in God. Amen. His faith was still in God. I want you to note Paul's words there, there in verse 21. He said, you should have hearkened unto me. And then in verse 22, he goes on to bring a message of hope. Look at verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of 
the ship. Um, note also the use of the, the pronoun we there in verse number uh, 15. A, he, he says that when, when the ship was caught and, we, uh, and, and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. Verse 16, and running under a certain island which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat. In other words, these guys were helping in all this. Verse number 19, the believers were helping along with the other people. And the third day, we, we cast out our own with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Paul, uh, uh, the, Luke was uh, giving us the details of what they were doing on the ship at the same time that all this stuff was happening. And uh, this shows us the, uh, that uh, these three saints on board pitched in to help save the ship. And that's important also, and it's a practical lesson here. We know we ought to pitch in and help when we can, can't we? Um, but Paul's victory, we see, is in a, was in a uh, seemingly hopeless situation, but he had the victory. Look at verse number 22 there. Uh, I mean, we see he says, be of good cheer. You know, in finding practical application of this account, we have already noted that believers will pass through storms during their earthly sojourn here in this life, and some of them can be very severe, can't they? I mean, they're not always storms of a nature of weather storms. Sometimes storms of different nature come into our lives. We see in, in Paul's experience some wonderful truths for us when we these times do come in our life. The Lord gladdened Paul in the midst of the storm. Uh, we see that in verse 22, be of good cheer. And then these words were spoken uh, previously to the Apostle Paul by the Lord. I want you to flip back just a few pages to Acts 23 and verse number 11. This was before he ever got on the ship in fact, he's being uh, he's standing before the council that is going to be giving him a hard a hard time. They are giving him a hard time, and uh, and it's going to be the reason why he takes this trip. Okay, uh, look at uh, uh, Acts twenty three verse number eleven it says, "And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. There it is. Be of good cheer, Paul." For thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. One thing that uh, the Apostle Paul knew is he was going to wind up in Rome. Now he didn't know how he was going to wind up in Rome, but he knew the Lord had told him, you're going to be in Rome. You're going to, you're, you're, he, he's, uh, he was going to be there because the Lord had told him he was going to be there. Now, this experience can be ours as believers, not just in the times of absence of storms, but even in the midst of our storms, knowing that the Lord will be with us through the storms. And, and the Lord has got a place where He's going to deliver us. Amen. We know that we're going to be delivered out of this world one day into His very presence. And what a blessing that is. So the Lord gladdened Paul in the storm. We see the Lord guarded Paul in the storm. Look at verse 24. And this is what he's saying that the um, uh, the angel of God told him here. It says, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. God had, had uh, shown him that uh, there was going to be no loss of life. Now that had to be an encouragement. 
if Paul knew what he was talking about. See, the problem is a lot of these lost sailors, they didn't, they didn't believe God, didn't believe in God, didn't believe on God. <laughs> uh, but it, should, it was uh, a comfort to those that didn't know the Lord. And God still had a purpose for Paul. And that's where the salvation of this group came from. God, God was going to see that he got delivered to Rome. And, uh, you know, the Lord said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. We can lean upon him. We see the Lord graced Paul because of the storm. Look down in some verses that we did not read. Look down in verse 35 and 36. When he had spoken thus, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And they were all of good cheer, and, and they all took some meat. And so, uh, here, they're, still on the, they're still on the ship at this point. The ship's going to wreck, but they, they're, they're on the ship. And uh, there's 216 souls that are on there. Paul plus 215 others that are on the ship. You can see that uh, down in uh, verse number 37. But think about this. Paul was able to witness and testify to others. And, and how remarkable a scene it must have been to see uh, Paul bow his head in prayer and thank the Lord for the food that they were about to eat. Probably when some of them were so seasick they couldn't uh, even keep anything on, on, their, on their bellies. But anyway, uh, he was able to cheer them up with the good news that the, the Lord was going to bring them through this alive. And we see the Lord guided Paul through the storm. This is a promise of God for every believer. Matthew 28, verse number 20, the Lord says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Listen to Psalm 23, verse 2 through 4. The psalmist David said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Paul was comforted in the midst of the storm here. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 10. Talking about uh, wherever you're at, even there thy, shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. It doesn't matter where you're at. doesn't matter what you're going through. The Lord will be with you if you're a believer. The Lord will be with you in and through those times. Last of all, I want us to see the secret of Paul's victory through the storm. Three things stand out as the reason Paul survived the shipwreck. Verse number, back to verse number 23, we see uh, the little phrase, he says, For there stood by me this night uh, the angel of God, notice, talking about God, whose I am. He was God's possession. Amen. We that are saved need to realize we are God's possession. We are His. And uh, he, he will bring us through the difficult times. And not only whose I am, but notice also, He says, and whom I serve. There in the latter part of verse 23. Paul, it was Paul's privilege to serve the Lord. And uh, part of his serving the Lord was enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That he encouraged Timothy to, to do. And he could encourage Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier because Paul himself endured hardness as a good soldier. Then last of all, 
Verse 25. So wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. This was Paul's persuasion. Whose I am, he was God's possession. Whom I serve was Paul's privilege. I believe God was Paul's persuasion, though. He took God at his own word. What a great example of faith. Do you believe God this morning? You know, with, with a deep assurance of our salvation, a real conviction as to the will of God for our lives, and an explicit trust in the Holy Scriptures, you know, we're equipped to face any storm that comes our way, whether it be a physical storm, a weather-related storm, or a storm in our personal lives, a difficult time that we uh, are, have to go through, that we'd rather not go through. I don't know of anybody that, that uh, enjoys going through those times, but we, you know, God can use those times to, to uh, temper our faith and to increase our faith and to, to cause us to trust Him more. And we see that in... Paul's life. I wondered this morning, do you have faith in Christ? Do you know Him? If you don't know Him this morning, come to know Him. God sent His beloved Son in the world, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross of Calvary, that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. And He, he offers the salvation free for all. Yeah. Here you go. Here's salvation. It's a gift. But you've got to receive the gift. And that if you have not received the gift today, come receive that and if you are a believer, man, take take heart. You know, yeah, we dodged a bullet this time. Next time it might be our time to face difficulty with a direct hit from a storm. Can you imagine? We we're, we hope that it doesn't happen, but uh, and we pray that it doesn't happen. The Lord delivered us this time. Uh, our faith is in Him, though, and let's trust Him through it through it all. Amen. Let's pray, Father. We thank you for. Um, the encouragement of Scripture here in the life of the Apostle Paul, the storm, uh, literal storm, that he was a part of. Not, not through his own choices, uh, not through his own decisions, but uh, because of somebody else's poor decisions and planning. But nevertheless, Lord, you have your purposes in all of this. There were people who needed you there where they were shipwrecked at that came to know You. What a blessing that through that storm and through the shipwreck, they came to know Christ. And Lord, I, I pray for our dear friends to the south that are going through so, so much uh, difficulty today and uh, may not have had the church to even meet in, a church building to even meet in today. But Lord, uh, help, we just pray that You would use them and help them to be a, a testimony uh, of grace a testimony and a light to those that need Christ. And Lord, we just pray that when our time comes and the storms come in our life, and there may be somebody who's going through a tough storm right now in their personal life. It might be a financial storm. It might be a, 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 a storm, an emotional storm, some things happening that uh, they have no, no control over. But Lord, help them to realize that you uh, will help them in and through the storms that come uh, uh, their way if they know you and they have their faith in you. Have your way in this invitation we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.